Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections, and Adam Warlock podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and once again, to help cover the ongoing saga of Thanos, the Infinity Revelation, is... Brian Zeno. I'm here to uh, resume the epic analysis of this absolutely, of uh, this volumes-long graphic novel. It's longer than uh, Watchmen and From Hell put together, or at least you'd think so, listening to the two of us. I think we're on part, what, XXIIV? I know. C? <laughs> we're on volume seven. Um, uh, no, I think uh, we're part five. So. Part five. That's still, like, the high bath. On the other hand, if, you do, if we're doing, I would say the actually, old, issue, old issues are like 20 pages, and this is about 100 I was actually really grateful to you Issue just each. now for actually saying the title of it, The uh, Infinity Revelation, because frankly, I had completely forgotten what this, it had been so long since I had looked at the, since I had, like started this thing and actually looked at the cover that I completely forgot what it was called. So, I was sitting here, Thanos Imperative? No, that's something else. That was the other crossover that came out before him where he, um, the, one of the last times he died when oh, okay. Star-Lord and uh, Nova went to the Cancerverse with him. Right, 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 right. And that all just got retconned in the original Sentai and issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Although, I don't know why they're original Sin. They had nothing to do with original Sin. Well, the, well, I mean, it had nothing to do with the Watcher, so it's know, the same as the uh, Uncanny X-Men issues of original Sin. It came out because Professor Xavier's will was read, and that's how the secret came out. It had nothing to do with the Watcher. Yeah, thematically it tied in, but it... It tied it, in. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's all about the secrets coming out. But it had out, nothing to do... But, yeah, it But if you're nothing, like, oh, I want to read all this stuff about what's going to watch look, him, who killed him. Oh, this has nothing... It's not, like that a, this is, not that this is anything to do with anything, but just a one-sentence opinion. I like Marvel events as a general rule. This is okay. This has just turned into a one-paragraph opinion. I apologize. I like Marvel's events as a general rule. I think that the whole way that Marvel does things, where they'll have all, like, the big writers... Go to the retreat. They'll plan out the next however many years. They will then use, you know, like storytelling goes from event to event and each event sort of reshapes it. And I think a lot of people find that irritating, but I like it because it definitely gives a sense of forward momentum to the universe. And I like, and for the most part, they've been good. I loved House of M. I loved Secret Invasion. I liked Siege and Fear itself. And I liked, See, I even I liked, liked actually Siege more than the other two you said. Really? No, I, I, I have I to thought- say. House of M was m- probably my favorite, but um, and 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 I even liked Avengers versus X Men. My point is the whole event to event to event thing I like, so I don't have a problem with Marvel events as a general rule. But uh, Original Sin was one of the absolute weakest of them, in my opinion. It was pretty weak. I still have issues five through eight to read, plus the annual. Account. Oh, I read the, the whole main thing. reason I bought them all was mm-hmm. because I ordered for myself. I mean, I ordered for other people too, but I made mm-hmm. sure I ordered one copy for myself of the Art Adams covers. Oh, okay, that's fair. The only reason I read it was because Jason Aaron was credited as the writer, and I guess that was good insofar as it went. I just have a feeling it's the overall plot, which I think was cooked up by more than just uh, Mr. Aaron himself, and I have a feeling that was where it left me kind of flat. Well, sometimes, but... I mean, the thing about these events, just real quick, and then we'll get back to this, yeah. is sometimes though, I think they try and pe- they try and say, well, we wanted to make it go this long. And they don't always need to go that uh-huh, long. Uh-huh. Like, I still agree that, think that Secret Invasion should have been at least one issue less. You think? I, I was I was a big fan, but I can see. Because that's I one of the I loved Siege. It's it was cons- four issues one, and it's, done. It's four issues. And I thought, for everyone who complains about Bendis going on and on forever, 
and uh, you know making stretching things out or things like that, which sometimes he does, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I'm just enjoying it enough that I don't give it exactly. Damn. But exactly. sometimes, I'm, sometimes though, I do get to the point of like oh, get to the freaking point. Yeah, which is what my problem with Eastern Invasion. I felt like you need to cut off like an issue or so of them in the Savage Land and get back to New York and do things with the Skrulls. Possibly, yes, I could see that, but. Secret Invasion is like, for anyone who says that, I'm like, well, I mean, Siege, I'm like, well, read this. Four issues, tightly plotted by mm-hmm. Bendis. It still has all the stuff that Bendis normally does, mm-hmm. but it's a nice, tight four-issue miniseries. Here you go. Yep. You know, five, five, because because the cabal the, 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 issue, right? The the, the cabal the prologue, okay, but still, that's still um, is, is included pretty, in the trade, so I consider it's still a five pretty issue quick. Thing. Yeah. No, Bendis absolutely. Stuff. So, but I, I like, I, I'm pretty okay with most of the events they've done, but. I think they don't need to be as long as they were. Probably not. I think I think I mean, they can see the, been better at six or five issues as well. Given how, and I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say, given that original sin ends with a pretty momentous event, and I know it begins with a pretty momentous event yes. in Marvel Universe history. It ends symmetrically enough with a similarly uh, momentous event, and I can see you not wanting to. Um, blow through such a uh, milestone in the universe, in the Marvel Universe, without uh, some run-up to it. With You know, you don't want it to just be... In this in this one very special issue, well, this yeah. big deal happened. But still, you could do a sort of four-issue thing. I, 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 I agree with you, but I guess my point is, is overall, I was just like, that's it. Yeah. But... Oh, but anyway, you know, I yeah. found a way to make this now not just a random tangent. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump to Adam's Friends real quick. Which friends would that be? Because we did most of them already, because, you know, this is all one issue, you know, came out yeah. one time, so any yeah. of his friends, we, you know, we've done bits and pieces of Broken mm-hmm. Up. Thor. And I looked up, there was no Thor issue this month. Okay. But the Thor and Loki original Sin miniseries, mm-hmm. I think it was issues like four and five were coming mm-hmm. out, or three and four, I forget which, came out the same time as the Thanos graphic novel. Okay. So see, we're, we're tying it in. As with the... T- so if was, that, was that the one with the gnarly... Um, Numbers one and two were the uh, Angela twofer. I think so. That was the Simone uh, Bianchi cover art. Yeah, that was that was. Oh, huh, and uh, but that, good she, stuff. that that basically did the whole thing about Angela becoming being Thor's sister. Right, because I know that they just uh, 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 dropped uh, Number one. Angela Asgard's assassin yeah. this week. I will say I liked that Thor miniseries, the okay. Thor and Loki. I had fun with it. I'm gonna. Uh, it was I'm definitely it was gonna check it out. It was entertaining. Loki was awesome. I love Loki as. The mostly good guy. Mm-hmm. The reluctant good guy. Mostly good guy. Like, he does things like... They have Loki now almost a bit closer to the Loki in the movie, where like he does love and care about his brother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes has some issues with him, mm-hmm. but he loves and cares about him, but he also does things his own way. Mm-hmm. So if Loki, let's say, in this miniseries, has to betray his brother and knock him out and claim to serve the queen of... Uh, that quote-unquote heaven that Angela mm-hmm. comes from, mm-hmm. and take over and be her general to invade Asgard mm-hmm. in order to get Thor in a position to help, you know, so Thor can take her out, then that's when he's... And, you know, hopefully Thor will realize he's doing that. He's <laughs> hopefully not gonna Thor will him, forgive him when all is Because he's done. not going to tell him that. Mm-hmm. That's what Loki's going to do. Mm-hmm. So he's... He's fun, and he's entertaining. And it's like, there's one part where, like, they're talking about, like, you know, they're going to kill everyone, including the children, and Loki's like... Actually, Loki's even telling him, like, this is going to involve killing babies. Anyone doesn't want to do this, you should go now. And they all follow him, and at the end, then he betrays him. He's like, hey, you all want to kill babies. I don't care anymore what happens to you when he lets <laughs> last, die. <laughs> last, last tangent, and it's nothing to do with Thanos, sadly, but just because you were just mentioning that, if you're a big fan of Loki, 
um, let me just recommend to you, if you have not seen um, a the recent uh, Epic Rap Battles of History episode, which was a feat, which was a Thor versus Zeus. Oh God! Uh, complete with Lego animation, very funny, really well done, and Loki's presence in it is monumentally entertaining, and that's all I'm gonna say. But sorry, um, I figured I'd make that tangent at least mm-hmm. connected to this. No, that's cool. Episode. That's cool. But now we dip right back in, and you were gonna have to remind me where we left off. Oh, okay, and in fact, I probably should remind the whole audience. Yes. So we're gonna drop in the uh, recap. Here, okay, cool. And then, and I'll recap to you real quick, and then they'll get it. Infinity and Eternity are told by the Living Tribunal that the universe is going to undergo ecumenical transfiguration. That is, it is going to change. None of them are happy about it, or who's supposed to be at the center of it. Meanwhile, Thanos has noticed that something is off with both himself and the universe, and after a failed attempt to discuss this with Drax the Destroyer, breaks into the palace of his ex, Mistress Death, in order to use the Infinity Well. To his surprise, Death is okay from doing that, but asks him to take a certain spirit back with him. Back on his own ship, Thanos ponders what he saw in the well, which was a mysterious box and a sequence of 35 numbers. While trying to work this out, the spirit he brought back has managed to form a physical body for itself, and Adam Warlock is reborn. Adam comes to, and we see, but the characters do not seem to notice, that his costume seems to shift back and forth from the last outfit he wore as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy and a new one. Thanos fills him in on the imbalance he feels in his quest. Meanwhile, the Silver Surfer feels this wrongness as well, and traces it back to an ancient and abandoned planet. Abandoned, except for the remains of an archaeological dig and the lone stoned caretaker. Beneath the surface, the Surfer finds a large, strange cosmic item. While this is happening, Thanos has traveled to the Badoon homeworld, where his computer has located the box he is trying to find. It is one of the Badoon's most holy relics, and Thanos is able to acquire it with his normal amount of diplomacy intact. On Thanos' ship, Adam realizes the numbers need to be broken up, and they turn out to be galactic coordinates. While they travel these coordinates, Adam and Thanos have a brief chat about Thanos' recent exploits and mental state. The coordinates take them to the same planet the Silver Surfer found. There, they find Icon of the Space Knights, and after taking her out, find themselves under attack by her team, made up of Ronan the Accuser, Gladiator, Better Ray Bill, and Quasar, the Annihilators. Adam and Thanos take on the Annihilators, and are able to beat them through a combination of trickery, teleporting them away, and sheer brute force. They find the object buried under the surface, and are teleported away to a dimensional nexus, where they meet copies of themselves. The two Thanoses appear identical, but the two warlocks are wearing the two outfits we have seen them in throughout the story and we realize we have not been seeing Adam change, but have been reading a story of similar events in two universes. The two Thanoses decide there is no need to attack the other, and use this nexus to power up their handheld versions of the strange object. The two Adams agree that both Thanoses do not appear to be up to anything evil, and will continue to monitor until they need to take action. The trinkets fully charged up, all are sent back to their own universes, where both Thanos release it, and cause the universe to be destroyed and recreated. In one universe, it appears that with this recreation, Thanos is the soul of the universe, while in the other, which appears to be the main 616 Marvel universe, it is Adam Warlock. Thanos decides he will not be cheated out of ultimate power, and sets out to see if he can wrest control from Adam 
Exploring the universe, he sees it as now a mad representation of Adam's mind and soul. In February 2014, a new podcast dedicated to the Marvel Comics character, Adam Warlock, debuted. And the internet broke in half. Well, not really. Far from it, to be honest. But a few of you actually noticed, and we thank you for that. Over the course of 2014, we covered all of Adam's Silver Age adventures and have started on his Bronze Age solo series, as well as his current appearance in two Thanos specials. But it's time for a change. So I'm sad to announce that episode 20 will be the last episode of Resurrections and Adam Warlock podcast. However, I am pleased to announce that in 2015, we will premiere the first episode, which we will call Episode 21 of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Yes, the show is continuing, but now with more Thanos. Each month, we have John M. Wilson on as we cover an issue of Warlock. And the other episode of the month, we will continue to have Brian Zeno on to cover Thanos' appearances, starting with Captain Marvel 25. So join us in 2015 for Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Now with 20% more Thanos. So we resume with, I like uh, uh, refer to him as, uh, the way you put it, Eternity the Bum. And what I find interesting is in this, um, in this one, uh, there's this one panel here, uh, page... Uh, uh, I have no clue. Uh, 77. It's page 77. Ha ha. Um, it's uh, where, where we get a close-up sort of of Eternity's face, a couple of close-ups of Eternity's face. And like the the lines on Eternity's face. Now I don't. Uh, they they make him look and like the there's like it, his upper lip, like li- like cracks in his upper lip. It makes him look aged. And it, this could conceivably just be um, Starlin deciding to give uh, Eternity some. Um, Wait, does, I'm trying to see character early on, but the, that's really the only cl- that's the closest yeah. shot we have early on is like that big splash page of Eternity Infinity exactly. and the Tribunal in the beginning, and you really don't get a close up. Close up, but here between the lines around his eyes and the lines around his mouth and the lines around his lips make him look aged, and I'm choosing to uh, believe, I guess, I'm choosing to believe that uh, that is Starlin depicting the deleterious effect. That all of these events are having on Eternity's actual being. See what I'm saying? I, I think so, but because I'm, I'm just looking to see because I know he shows up at the end again. Mm-hmm. But it's but such a long shot. It's you even don't really further know. worse. But than here you get these the craggy close-ups. Yeah, and I'm he looks like say an old man. And I'm going to say that's deliberate on Starlin's part. So there. So, so yeah. So he sends Thanos to uh, this the top of this ridiculous spire, which yeah, is stone I guess, spire, which is uh, I guess um, uh, represents uh, warlocks. Yeah. Ego or whatever. Where he says, where you'll find the soul of this fledgling actuality. Mm-hmm. He goes, perhaps there. And I like that. Then I was like, so basically you have no clue what right. to do. You just have a guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much just... That's a, but that's pretty much what, uh, what what Thanos has been doing this entire graphic novel. It's like, yeah. I have this hunch that something might be going on in and this then, way. Answer- so I may as well go to these ridiculously lengths of, ridiculous lengths of effort to pursue this hunch that maybe something is happening. So this is absolutely keep in keeping with Thanos. But like he says, but at least you provided me with a point from where to start. Yeah, exactly. That's all Thanos needs. He like, something might be happening. 
Look and, we have this, and we have this bat-winged disembodied eyeball, which is interesting. A very Dicko or Starlet, 70s mm-hmm. Starlet-esque uh-huh. thing that mm-hmm. we've seen. And now we jump to the other reality where we see that Adam Warlock. Yeah, and that is just a friggin' nightmare in the world, world. In a universe where Thanos is the soul. Is, is the soul of the universe, and it's just blood and death and blood and death and, and yet more skulls death. Skulls and skeletons. Skeleton. See, I'm saying death when in fact, yes, what I mean is bleached bones, well, no, skeletons. Death. We see death, 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 death. right. She's but, all over. And also, but right, the landscape is practically made of bones. And uh, vultures. And vultures and skulls just Every bit oh of iconography of death. And also and we got Infinity Gems, we got a Cosmic Cube, and, and we even have that, uh, the, uh... The Cosmic Thanos, the cosmic like Thanos. the yellow outline head that is, like, so iconic of Starlin's work. Yes, from when he um, had the, co- yeah, the Cosmic Cube. So... Actually, that makes me think of the Conan. This is, this is actually, I do have to say, insofar as sometimes in these cosmic-type stories we will get these cosmic mindscape type of um, uh, dealios where we'll get these two-page spreads. That happened in Ditko's Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Steranko used to run with these a lot, Starlin too. did them in some um, of the Warlock stuff right, in the 70s. Right, Starlin did them, too. And as often as not, I find it just like a big rant slap in the face of cosmic randomness. Yeah. This two-page spread right here is really, really awesome because insofar as, like, giving us, like... You you do have that sort of random Escher-esque um, architecture, if you will, but at the same time, it is just conveying such a sense of nihilism and death that and 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 bleakness. Just red. It's like this is hell. This is hell. This is the mindscape of a being absolutely obsessed with the end of existence. Yeah. And you have got to kind of love how how cohesively it presents that feel to you. As much as you might and be like reading Thanos and stuff, and especially when Starlin writes something, and be entertained yeah. by him. Uh-huh. You know, his little snarky remarks. Yeah. You know, making fun of Badoon TV. Yeah. Things like yeah. that. And then you get to this and you're like, oh yeah, he's a friggin' monster. Yes, he is Thanos the he is mad not just Titan. Kind of, he is not just kind of a dick guy who's mm. okay. He's not Loki. Yeah. You know, he is twisted. Yeah. And, I mean... He's dark side. When he you is look, Marvel when, Universe's dark side. When you side. look at this, you're like, oh yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with. If yeah. you have any choice, I'm fine with Doom winning. Yeah, because at least Doom would try to be a mostly benevolent dictator. Yeah, in his own mind. Yeah. Thanos is as long as you follow his rules. There's no Doom's okay. You know, Doom's gonna try and protect you. Granted, if he has to sacrifice you to save the rest of the world, he will. Right. But for the most part, Doom. You know, you got to choose between you know Doom or Thanos lording over you. You're picking oh, Doom. Doom every single time and twice on Sundays. Right. Plus, there you, is know how, no... you, know, you know how good the trains run in Laveria? Excellent. Oh, There's, yes, yes. Too, right bad, schedule. too bad everybody's a little too um, dead to actually ride them, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. But anyway, so Adam is uh, walking around this landscape, and he fi- trying to figure out what's going on and here. he finds Infinity, and this is especially... Um, this is interesting because this is so mythological. Prometheus, yeah. Yeah, she She's... is lashed to a stone upside down, which is just amazing. And what I find interesting here is in the same way that Thanos in the Warlock verse is accompanied by the little uh, bat-winged eyeball, here in uh, the Thanos verse, Warlock is accompanied by this little black orb with a purple iris. Yeah, a little floating eyeball. Yeah, so we've got like a sort of, well, watcher. In both universes. That's kind of interesting to me. I wonder. 
We don't see him, his eyes too often. Uh-huh. Could that actually supposed to be Thanos' eye? It could and, be. And the other one, it's Warlock's eye? Cause Warlock, it could be. I'm not sure what, what's up with the bat wings, but... Um, yeah, and Warlock's know. eyes generally are more, you know, iris-less. Right. Thanos, it's hard to see because the way they do his... Cow, not cow, but his legs. Like, like, it's just kind of like, the deep, deep pits with little sparks of light really in see, them. But I wonder if that's supposed to be their eyes. I, it's something. But anyway, the point is but that's anyway, sort of floating so around and making itself. have a very similar conversation that Eternity and, and Thanos do. Exactly. And she points him into the same thing, a big stone spire. Right. And Adam, of course, flies up because Adam can fly as opposed to Thanos who climbs up. Right. But if you notice now, this Adam, because he has like these little metal things on his feet. Right. And when he puts his feet together, they like form almost like a little... Yeah, Jet like thing. it's kind of a transformer kind of a dealio. Yeah, like his is kind boots of like merged together, merged and had, like, together, a... and became like a rocket engine. Yeah, which so, is weird. But, but that's a know. new. Th- I guess this is this Adam. Mm-hmm. You know? That is our new Adam Warlock, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Your 2014 Adam Warlock. So now we're back to the. I'm assuming that this is the six one six, and the other one was a um, different universe. And okay, six one six. I'm not losing any sleep over which one is and is not the six one six. I'm just calling them the Thanos verse and the Warlock verse at this point. Yeah. Well, the Warlock verse is because I'm just going by the costume. So that's mm-hmm. the alternate Adam. Okay. And then Thanos, therefore, is the real. So. Thanos, cli- you know, we see Thanos has climbed to the top, and he sees big floaty head Adam. Big floaty head, uh, crazy Adam. This is so crazy, so like crazy evil Adam. This might as well be the Magus, yeah, frankly, or Magus, or however we say it. And actually, we then we see him. We actually then pretty much they have a conversation, and it pretty mm-hmm. much flips back and forth between floaty head Adam and Thanos in the one reality, uh-huh. and floaty head Thanos and so Rayla once again Adam the other. Once again, Starlin, as he has throughout the book. Is you is sort of flipping us back and forth from world to world, from reality to reality, from panel to panel, and very much so. showing a very much similar right, and showing how going. you can actually have a continuous narrative going on simultaneously in all of them because it's just easier now to tell which is which because well, a we knew we now know there's two, but also yeah. you could tell with you know different floaty heads, and different floaty heads, and 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 corporeal um, uh, opponents, I guess. So. And basically, both Floaty Head Adam and Thanos basically say something is wrong. You know, this is not right. And this is very, and this is very philosophical. And this, I think, gets at if it's not so much the point that Starlin's wishing to make, it certainly points out how Starlin views his stories less as um, action entertainment and more as philosophical ruminations. Because just check out what what here. And this is clearly Starlin trying to give us deep thoughts with Jim Starlin. Is um, th- when, when Warlock confronts uh, Floaty Head Thanos in the Thanosverse, he asks him, he says, uh, what happened? This is surely not what you intended to, to happen. Uh, not exact words, but... And, and Thanos says, <laughs> um, the subconscious is an essential factor in creativity. Be it for good or ill, its influence cannot be denied. And it's like, really, Starlin's just philosophizing out loud at this point, isn't he? Yeah, and I think actually in the next panel, mm-hmm. he's talking to you directly. Yeah. Answering your questions That's about true. this issue. Yeah, because he says, no, it was not supposed to turn out like this. This is not what I desired. I pictured it all so differently. So, there you go. You <laughs> yeah. So it almost really... feel, I mean, it actually it literally feels like Starlin is literally... Talking to the readers without actually doing the breaking the fourth wall thing. He's literally talking to readers throughout this issue saying, yeah, yeah this is what I think. Just, yeah, maybe it got away from me a little bit. It just, it makes you wonder. It's like Marvel said, okay, there, Starlin, you've got 85, 90 pages. 
go to town. And Starlin, apparently, rather than saying, at last I'll get to tell this story I've always wanted to tell or whatever, Starlin's ap- approach was apparently throw shit at the wall and see what stuck. I, well, I could almost see Starlin going to think of, I have this idea where I want to start this, go to this story and starts writing it, and considering how long he's done those characters and how much of the characters were hit, have done by him, mm-hmm. so it's not like he has to worry too much about, does he do this? You know, he knows them. Yeah. That I think it just kind of was almost like Thanos drove and Adam drove the story, and he's like, "Well, I, I want to do this. That uh, maybe I'll get to that later because that doesn't make sense. They wouldn't do this, so I yeah. guess he's okay. I guess we have to go here." And now he's at this point, he's like, "This really wasn't what I pictured." Yeah, because even yeah. Th- the next thing is what Adam said. Next panel is Adam, but it wasn't about what I wanted or craved. It was all about who I am, was am mm-hmm. the darkness within me, mm-hmm. and I think that Starlin again basically talking to us, going, "Yeah, this." It actually makes me think of uh, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. the first episode with the Weeping Angels. Right, right. Uh, when they saw him in the uh, videotapes mm-hmm. talking to the girl in the future. Yeah. And she's like, sound like that sentence got away from you a bit. He's like, yeah, kind of did. <laughs> and it's the same thing here. He's like, yeah, yeah this kind of got away from me a yeah, little bit. Yeah, this kind of got away from me. It's a big mess of, because this is a big mess of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey timey stuff. This entire uh, graphic <laughs> novel, frankly. Um, but, but I like wibbly-wobbly, so I'm fine with Okay, that. so that, that's all good, man. That is all good. <laughs> For me, I'm fine with it. I like that stuff. That entertains me. So uh, I like, uh, um, Warlock calls Thanos. Your own Frankenstein monster. Do you think Thanos has the frame of reference to really um, uh, comprehend that reference? Uh, concerning the fact that Thanos has spent time watching Bad Doom TV, and concerning how many times he's invaded Earth and stuff, uh, I'm pretty certain that he probably he probably picked least, up the concept of Frankenstein. He's from probably somewhere. read it okay. at least. He probably thought he probably thought he probably read it went amateur. Um. You know, not to write, not Shelley. I meant Frankenstein himself. Mm-hmm. It's like I've created life better than this more. I'm like I get it's like. Hmm, fool, should have just killed it. Right. And so now we find both Floaty Head Thanos and Floaty Head Warlock kind of agreeing that this universal power that they have achieved in their respective universes isn't really all they expected or wanted it to be. It's yeah, it's of, almost like it almost sounds like it's a power that they really can't control. And it's like they're like, no, it's this just is bad. Power. This can't this can't be. It's power that you have no control over, it seems like, and all it is really is just burying your soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though, really, the only person who really is coherent enough to really notice it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is Adam and Thanos, and probably, I guess, Infinity and Eternity. But other than that, it's still like uncomfortable to have your entire, you know, your soul bared to the universe, even yeah. if no one notices. Exactly. So, um, so you know, uh, 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 Thanos says the Warlock says the floaty head Thanos that there's there's all. It's so hard to like. Okay, I'm. Corporeal side says because it's going back and forth between you know Warlock talking to Thanos, Thanos talking to Warlock, blah blah blah, and like it's just it would take us like it, it would double the amount of time we need to discuss this yeah. to differentiate. Well, basically, so just, the real versions of Adam, the, the, yeah. the physical versions of Adam and Thanos are basically telling the floaty head ones. Right, right. You yeah, know, um, this, this is still not solid. There is still time for us to fix it, but, but it, you we know have what to that do it means. now, right? And you know what that means, and both the floaty head versions are like. Yeah. Yep. Do it. Yep. Do it that now. Because it looks like they're implying uh, I'm basically going to try and kill you. Yeah, and 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 I like that. I like that though. You know, this has always been Thanos's downfall, and even though it's not really his downfall here, I like that as a character flaw, it persists even here. He feels the need to take the moment to say prepare. It's like he's so pompous, like he has to like milk that moment, even though. 
um, it, it, it's not wise to do so. It's like, we've only got this moment, but, you know, we've got to do it right now. He's still going to take that moment to say, prepare, you know? But he, that's why he's Adam's friend, because he's still even... I mean, if it was anyone else, Thanos probably would have killed them. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. he tells him, curing this ma- malady will prove quite costly. He's actually giving Adam... He's, like, giving him a warning. He's like, I'm going to have to kill you, dude. Yeah. And then... So now, we knew that there was only one thing to be done, and it had to be done now, so... Something is done. They blast them. They kill them. They kill them. So but they just, that's all it took was them just blasting them well, with like your... They, well, they said it was kind of still not set. So okay. like there was still time to... And that was the soul of it. So I guess there was still time to well, shoot already them, then. knock it out. Okay. Um, again, reality reinvents itself. And once again, we get well, this one of this lovely... It's sort of, you know, a cosmic... A, a, a starscape with a sun and a moon. And, and, and it sort of fades to white... Kind of lovely. And then it gets reborn in an LSE snowflake. <laughs> well, and actually it says, the soul of two realities merge and become as one. One, yes. So that's what happened. Yeah. Now, that's yep, the yep. effect of this is now these two realities are now, now merged together. Are we expected to believe, and I think I asked this in a previous episode of this uh, podcast, so we are expected to believe that all of this undoing and merging and reinventing of the universe sort of took place... In and around everything else happening in the Marvel Universe, and just nobody else was really aware of it. Well, because no one else was there. Okay. And then, I mean, all of a sudden everything went away. You know, all of a sudden just everything changed. Right. You know, and so they were, you know, they went from being Captain America and Spider-Man to being mindless beings who were walking up and jumping or zombies and Thanos, you know, the payment reality. Mm -hmm. And then that stopped, and yeah. they just went back to what they were. Being Captain America and Spider-Man, so. Except now, I'm wondering, because here's my thing. It says two realities merged as one, and we see, uh-huh. though, Thanos uh-huh. and the other Adam Warlock. The yeah, the, the, the new the qu- Warlock. The quantum symbol. Mm-hmm. A quantum quasar. Quantum? No, that's quasar. Yeah, oh, but it looks like a quantum. I, th- yeah, I don't like, know why like, I think quantum symbol, but it seems like... No, it reminds me of Captain Adam. Yeah, yeah. From, it's the, like from a, like, DC. Yeah, yeah. It like, reminds me of his symbol. Mm-hmm. And... I'm still wondering now because it's showing because it's showing now that this is our Thanos because he said you are not my Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. I killed him. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the, and one thing that happened is our Adam Warlock is now dead. Right. This Adam Warlock is the Adam Warlock we now have in this reality. And you're saying with all the rumors that have been going on recently about Mar- is Marvel going to be doing a reboot like DC did? Mm-hmm. And of all the things, then you know it's going to be like a 20 issue big mega thing and everything you know, and yet. It's done right here. Mm-hmm. This could have been it, mm-hmm. and they could have just went forward with whatever they're doing, and, and said, "Yeah, there's some things that be different because it's merged through realities, and that's it. Done. Done. I mean, I wonder if Starlin was trying to go, yeah, here, mm-hmm. we can, you know, we could do our own way of doing it mm-hmm. instead, you know, instead of trying to restart at number one and confusing people by like restarting everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, because restart, because real quick, the way. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I do like about the way when DC restarted. There's a lot of mm. things I did like. Okay. I loved the Wonder Woman series. I loved All-Star Western. Several other things, you know, Morrison Superman, I loved it. But there's one of the things I had a problem with, which is what they did after the original Crisis on Infinite mm-hmm. Earths, which I thought was hoping they would learn from, mm-hmm. was that they started it uh, in an ongoing universe. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, oh, yeah, stuff happened. Oh, I guess that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Well, this happened, but no, this is different. But this is re- this is still the same. And I was like, just have the balls just to start over. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Because it's almost like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Because they're like, well, let's get rid of these other Batgirls. Yeah, and, people, and we want to have, because we want the classic Batgirl. Oh, but Robin was selling a bit. So let's have, you know, Batman was selling. So let's not change too much of the other Batman stuff. Let's keep so all the Robins. Because yeah. we like Dick Grayson as Nightwing. So let's not just have Dick Grayson be Robin again. As like a People have pointed out like how it doesn't entirely work out timeline-wise. Because they're trying to like point out that what it's only been a year since like Batman was Batman. But yet he's had all these Robins. Well, it's five, five or six years. Mm-hmm. For Batman, mm-hmm. but yeah, but I'm even going that. I'm not even going that Martin nitpicky because you can do mm-hmm. the same thing with Marvels. Like it really has can't be ten years for everything or less. Well, right. right. But it's like uh, it gets a little confusing. It's like so. Wait, now we only have the one Batgirl, but we have all. But like you know, it's like oh, you don't want the Batgirl, you don't want the classic one, so you bring her back. But because you want Dick Grayson to be Robin, even though the classic Dick, your reason for saying is we want the classic one that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But yet you're not doing the classic Dick Robin. You're doing the new Robin because you want Nightwing. You know, and so it gets a little confusing of like, wait, what did happen? What didn't happen? Yeah. And instead of like going, just starting over and going, all right, this is Superman number one. It's his first appearance. Right. We're going to have Batman number one. And people are like, who's this Bat guy? Yeah. And then we're going to bring Robin in and it's going to be Dick Grayson. And like, yeah, we like those other characters, but they now, well, maybe we'll get to them eventually. Maybe we won't. Uh-huh. Instead of like, well, let's, you know, throw them all in again, but stuff happened, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And it almost like, you know, for here, they're almost like saying, instead of restarting like that, we're just going to say, yeah, universes merge. When you want to make a change, just say, yeah, we're changing it. You know, this is the other, must have been that universe merging, and that's it. And go on. Right. So I thought that was probably Starling's purpose for doing the gra- this graphic novel. Was okay. to give them Give them a reasonable Give them reboot. a revamp. Re- 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 yeah. Saying, yep. Yeah. And now you have a reason for everything having been different, having been changed at least. But apparently this is kind of self-contained, so... So who knows? Who knows? But maybe something will happen from it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we have Thanos and Warlock back where the battle was with the Annihilators. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we have poor Benaray Bill rubbing his head. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I love... Uh, and and the Surfers there and, and, and Quasar and, and everybody. And, uh, yeah, they got about 3.6 minutes before Gladiator gets back. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Thanos just summons a portal. I like that he can just do that portal, please. Oh, that's his that's his remote control from the starship. I forgot yeah. about that. I thought. Um, and they leave, and then we got our last appearance of our little stoner. Mm-hmm. Nice meeting you. Yep, <laughs> he's still there. Um, and now we're back. And now we're back in Cosmicville with the uh, Living Tribunal and Eternity Infinity. Mm-hmm. And I like this. Eternity's bitching. Countless millennia of preparation and all that occurs is the merging of two dimensions. Mm-hmm. The grand configuration turns out to be nothing more than an event that has happened numerous times before. Yeah, it's like, all what that's the fuck? what the we, hell is this crap? Yeah, uh, we we got all worked up for that. And I like how Infinity's like, do you can you explain why? And mm-hmm. Tribunal's like, nope, nope. Uh, my master's not to, to give me a reason. He just told me this is what's happening. Yeah, my yeah. master. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Okay. Well, because you know the tribunal is supposed to be you know. The number one under, you know, mm-hmm. God. Or yeah. whatever God. You know, the, whatever supreme being. being, yes. So he is always very vague and just saying, you know, my boss, my master, yeah, the one my, above me. My boss doesn't tell me shit. The one who's, a, you know, yeah, we have all these other gods and things sprinkled out, but this is the one in charge, yeah. of, you know, who's over every, every multiverse. The creator, as it were. And I like the, that he's basically like, yeah, my boss, the creator, he doesn't tell me anything. So, so basically, we have three frustrated middle management employees standing around the cosmic water cooler, bitching about how they've all been kept in the dark and how unimpressed they are with the latest quarter's output. That's basically what I'm getting out of this, uh, yeah, right here. But I like this. They said this must have had some deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. And the tribunal says, "I like this though. For now, we must accept that even for being such of ourselves, there will be mysteries." Yes. 
So again, and, also startling leaving a thing of like, okay, if they don't do shit yep, with this. Kind of open-ended, right? And I guess, you know, that's, it's just a mystery. If mm-hmm. they let me do something with it, then we'll do something with it. What I like, however, is now you've got this panel here. Check out this panel. Mm-hmm. Where we have um, uh, uh, the new... Warlock. I mean, the caption reads, uh, "To in every image I have of you on file, this is how you appear." He's kind of like showing how, he, like, like, like the new image, the new reality of Warlock has been now has gone back and replaced every instance of Warlock in history, and that goes the the first uh, cover of of. Marvel, it was Marvel premiere number one. One, right, but this was the first Warlock solo book. Yeah. And I like that Sterling's going out of his way to do that weird Gil Kane Hulk head. Yeah, with the Hulk and, and uh, that's right, yeah, Hulk and Thor behind him. Yeah. The only difference is it's not a city street. It mm-hmm. looks like a, the moon or some barren space okay. area. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's, yeah, it's exactly the cover of Marvel premiere one. Yeah, yeah, but he's just like, yeah, you look like this everywhere in history now. That's kind of interesting. Not a single photograph of you in a crimson uh, and gold outfit to be found. And Adam says, I've always worn this attire. Mm-hmm. Well, your counterpart was more of a dandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he changed his appearance quite regularly. And see, for me, like, this is a lot easier than some of the other things. Yeah, the Warlock stuff happened. It just, he looked like this now. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because he's like, he's like, I've always looked like this. No, no, you haven't. No, yes, I have. And for me, yeah, but for me, like, that's a simple way of doing that on this retcon, let's say. Yeah. And it's not a confusing mess of stuff. It's like, okay, Adam stuff still happened. It's just, he looked like this. Boom, mm-hmm. good enough. Yep, and he says, apparently, the only change, this grand transfiguration, this cosmic event that everybody was gnashing their teeth about for the last, like, you know, 80-some-odd pages is, uh, or however many, you know, like, millennia if you're working on the cosmic scale or whatever. And he says, yeah, the only change brought about by this grand transfiguration is you replaced uh, the warlock that was that used to be here. Uh, much And... and um, and Warlock is like, well, no, from my point of view, everybody's going to be a little different from how I've known them. And it's like, I, you've really got like several pages here of everybody kind of going, well, really, it appears that's it. <laughs> yeah, and Adam being kind of pissed, saying, you thought this so kind of godly cosmic event was going to happen, and all that happened basically was it just completely mm-hmm. screwed up my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was only an observer, and he's like, but it was me. He's like, you brought me along just to watch, and I wind up being the only one who actually gets like effed over by this entire event. Thank you so much, Thanos, you douche. <laughs> Is basically the uh, the gist of this here. And then, uh, so now we move on and we've got... And they basically come close to fighting. Yeah, because now it's back to uh, Tom and Jerry. They were, they were friends for a while, but now they're fighting again. But if you notice, Thanos freezes him, basically calls him, to, you know, calls mm-hmm. him freeze and basically says, uh, be careful. Neither of us the person we once knew. Mm-hmm. And this, here's another bit of, of Starlin breaking the fourth wall, slightly philosophizing out loud. Thanos says, echoes, Thanos echoes the living tribunal here where he says, one must somehow learn to accept cosmic mysteries. To which Warlock very tellingly responds, that sounds suspiciously like a pathetic excuse for ego-driven behavior. Well, I guess, I mean, in anything we do, mm-hmm. there's always a chance of looking at it the other way anyway. So Starlin's almost like giving you, like, I'm going to give both sides of my argument no yeah. matter what. I'm yeah. looking at my own thing going, okay, this is why I'm doing this, but just in case you don't like it. Uh-huh. Do you think it's this way? You know, look yeah. at it that way. 
But yeah, I like how Thanos tells him. It's my- almost it's almost a religious argument because you know when when you have Thanos saying one must somehow learn to accept cosmic mysteries, you know that that sounds. And then Warlock saying, yeah, that sounds like you're just sort of like trying to justify your own behavior. That sounds a lot like a lot of the arguments I've heard between believers and non-believers, where people like you know that you know I love the life of faith. I just have to accept that there's some things I don't know. And you know someone on the opposite side of that argument would say, it sounds like that's a convenient excuse to just you know uh, rationalize anything you want to rationalize and back and forth it will go and I like that he's having sort of both sides of this argument here you know an yeah. interesting again he's philosophizing out loud but I found that to be a particularly interesting exchange okay. I'm not yeah. but yeah now we have Thanos being the friend still sort yeah. of or sort of because he's saying you know my Adam was mm-hmm. a cherished ally mm-hmm. and I'm giving you this advice mm-hmm. uh, this fight is not something you want mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a chance on his behalf because mm-hmm. you're not him right exactly but you exactly. know sort of get out yeah, so I suggest you depart immediately. Boom, and he just sort so of ejects like him. We might be done with and the Adam Thanos broke thing. Yeah, yeah. Because this is not his Adam. He sort of reset the, the relationship, and now they are um, adversaries again. They might be more antagonistic. Yeah, exactly. But and I do like this. The one thing throughout, and I've said this throughout this issue, or this, this graphic novel, that this is a more reflective Thanos than I'm used to, so I like that his first reaction after he ejects uh, 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 Warlock from the ship, his first reaction is, I handled that badly. <laughs> yeah. This is a far different, I suspect, more powerful Adam Warlock than the one I'm used yeah. to. And now we get to also what I think might have been Starlin's real reason for doing this graphic novel. Okay, which, you know, we're still, I'm still sort of reaching which towards. Which is the end, where mm-hmm. he's talking about... Uh, He's basically soliloquizing, saying mm-hmm. that Adam was wrong and thinking he was the only one changed. Mm-hmm. There are big changes, mm-hmm. like, you know, Adam obviously being obviously a different one, mm-hmm. and more subtle ones. Mm-hmm. And then we see death, mm-hmm. Mistress Death, and she's talking to him, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he's kind of like, you know, you know I am here, and he says... Uh, I, too, have changed, and I now realize that you never abandoned me. You have always been at my side. That's And then now we're back to creepy Thanos. And yeah, just, but like, like this, you know. That may have been the other Thanos I stood with. Uh, perhaps. perhaps. And then we get this awesome panel of this awesome grin by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am now that Thanos. Have always, always been, been him. him. So basically, it looks like Adam got switched. Mm-hmm. Almost looks to me like Thanos got merged. Yeah. And Thanos he's now mer- both Thanos. And here's another... I like this is sort of pointing out a very uh, distinct uh, character trait of Thanos because he says, I refuse to insanely question that which is. I accept what I am. It's like, whereas that's a strong contrast. Warlock is like, I am not the same Warlock I was. Everything is different. Oh, my God. Thanos is just like, hmm, I'm not going to look too closely at it. Yeah. I am what I am and have always been. Ah. And then now we get this thing, which I Being never really expected. I never expected to them to have Death say to him because they mm-hmm. always had that fun of her, you know, mm-hmm. him loving her and her always being like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. She says, what now, my love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we reach the last page where he says, now we plan out the next act of the dark drama we call our existence, my love. We are again as one. Let this be known to all, and may that knowledge cause the universe to tremble in anticipation. So for all that this has been a, a, a reasoned, um, reflective Thanos, who is occasionally um, sympathetic and who is definitely um, not entire. At the same time, yeah, we're done with Thanos, that right? It's like the Thanos. When all is said and done, Thanos is now. Um, hey, I want to bring death to all and sundry. Well, so yeah, because here's the thing. Now we had that reflective Thanos, but that was from his uh, encounters, his experiences, mm-hmm. the fact that he realized death really was just using mm-hmm. him half the time. But now he's the mixture of the two Thanoses. Mm-hmm. 
and death hasn't left him, mm-hmm. and death is still with him. Mm-hmm. And so now it's almost like uh, the paranoia being proven right, and now you know you can never prove them wrong. And now mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Now Thanos is like, yeah, everything I wanted before, you're now showing me that yes, I was right to want that because you do love me for it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're gonna have like I think this is a you know kind of a scary you know now more twisted, more evil Thanos. Because- right, Thanos is back to being a full on bad guy. Yeah, bad guy. Completely you just know? nihilistic. Nihilistic. Just kill exactly. everybody. You know, because I think I think okay, here's kind of if I have to if I have to cuz cuz we've got to sum up now. Yes. Um if I have to, you know, make my best guess as to what the hell we just finished reading. Um for me, I'm going to say that it was basically Starlin announcing his return to the character. Apparently, Starlin has patched up whatever periodic differences he might have had on the business front with Marvel as a company. He has agreed to come back on board and write Thanos-based material on a regular basis. Because we just had recently the first issue of Thanos vs. Hulk come out by Jim Starlin. Right. Although it takes place before this. Right, but I'm saying it's like, so this was basically, he had 90 pages to kind of philosophize out loud about his kind of cosmic philosophical view of the of reality in the universe all by way of at the end returning to his thanos the death obsessed death loving in a romantic way yeah. uh thanos of the late 70s yeah. and he's like guess what this thanos is back and he's he's around now and i guess that was he's like i want to do that i've got a few pages to do it i might as well throw in some cosmic hoo ha yeah, the Thanos the of the late bargain. 70s and the Thanos of the, the early 90s from, from Infinity Gauntlet, before, right. infi- before the end of it, when he lost it and then yeah. was like, because he's very different. Infi- Infinity War really is where you start seeing the big change, you know, right. the Thanos has changed. Yeah. But I yeah. guess, I guess, so I guess to me the summation here is it's just like you were saying before when we were talking about Marvel events and you're saying um, Secret Invasion couldn't could have gone on a little shorter. I mean, was this entire trip really necessary? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, well, Starlin's always a treat, so, you know, I guess yeah, we'll... for me, it's two things. It's, one, you know, well, like I said, you know, did we need this many issues, but did I enjoy the issue? You know, do mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like, yeah. like we said about Bendis sometimes. Yes, yeah. sometimes he does go on and on a bit. Sometimes it's a bit too much of, okay, enough of the, you know, enough of the jokes or enough mm-hmm. of the random commentary of all that. But also a lot of times I'm like, for at least for me, I'm like, well, I'm enjoying it, so I'm fine with that if it took an extra issue to do the story because I enjoyed them. Right. So I don't care if it took a little extra longer... I guess if it's something I like, I don't mind if it goes on, you know, you know, I didn't mind like the extra 10 minutes if I liked the extra bit of time. Right. See, I'm not I'm not sure I did. This cosmic stuff can fall a little flat for me like cuz I can't really like it's not easy for me to follow, you know. It's like what just happened? Oh, they just shifted reality. Huh? You know, it's like, you know, so I'm not sure that I like enjoyed it all that much, like all that much, but you know, I'm glad to have read it. So there. Yes. So. Well, but I'm glad you joined me on this yes, trip. Yes, yes, it was. And what a trip, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yes. And so now we're going to head out and close up the episode. But real quick, Brian will be back in two episodes. Yes. Because as you might have heard, if you heard the promo, we will be changing the title next episode to mm-hmm. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos mm-hmm. podcast. Exactly. And Brian will be here. We are going to be covering Thanos' appearances. We've already covered his first appearance in episode 12, Iron Man 55. Right. And Brian's going to be joining us for the next ones on. As we move into Captain Marvel and various other Avengers uh, whatnot and goodness. So So 
Next episode will be John Wilson again with more issues of Warlock, and then Brian will be back the next one with uh, Captain Marvel 25, I think. Yes. In the meantime, catch me on Four Color Fanboys with Al at fourcolor.podwits.com, and also with uh, Dion Baia doing uh, Wahoo, the Sergeant Fury podcast, where we're doing Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. That one's at furycast.podwits.com, and both of those are also available on iTunes. Like Brian, there are a few ways to get in touch with me, or to listen for more from me if you miss hearing my voice between episodes. You can listen to Brian and myself on Four Color Fanboys, which will be found on iTunes, or fourcolor.podwits.com. And yes, we are currently working on new episodes. You can also find me on two other shows, which are currently on hiatus, but should be coming back soon. You can hear Chris Matthews from episode 12, and myself on the Invincible Ironcast at invincibleironcast.com backslash wordpress backslash where we talk about Iron Man, obviously. Finally, I can be found on Podrec, where I and my co-host, The Buck, talk about all types of random bits of pop culture. You can find that at buckonstuff.com, or just wait a few months and you'll hear them here. As for getting in touch with me, there's of course the email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Send emails. I love emails. However, if you feel any emails beneath you, then why not show you're better and leave an iTunes review? iTunes reviews not only stroke my ego, but they also make the show easier for people to find. Do it. You'll feel better about yourself. In 1939, Timely Comics published its first issues. It later changed its name, first to Atlas Comics and then to Marvel Comics. In 2014, Marvel polled its fans asking for the 75 greatest Marvel stories from those 75 years and published that list in print form. The unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels countdown will walk through all 75 of these stories every Wednesday from December 31st, 2014 to June 1st, 2016. Join me, Blaine Dowler, and a cadre of other hosts, including established podcasting greats and emerging talents, as we run through the list, discuss each story in the context of its original release, and determine just what makes it so great. The unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown can be found at Bureau42.com, on iTunes, and on Stitcher. Well, that's it for 2014. If all goes well, this episode will be going up on December 30th or 31st. I want to thank you all for listening this year, and hope you will continue to listen next year. I also hope you all had a good holiday, whatever one you celebrate, and a happy new year. We will be back in a few weeks with episode 21 of Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production with no profit being made by me or anyone involved, except for your love and adoration. Well, at least you like me. Right? Hello? Is this thing on? The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Full for license by the Creative Commons license. 
you can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at pizzaloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Trying new things to be healthier for breakfast. Oh, we just got the news. Yeah, we, we, we're having a great... Uh, we just got the news last uh, Monday. Went to the doctor and, you know, she's diabetic. And despite the fact that she's running with me, you know, she's exercising and she's eating reasonably. Um, she, uh, uh, her, her A1C number was up. And it's like, well, what does this mean? So the doctor's like, look, thing is for you... No carbs. It's like the four, the normal, a normal human being, a non-diabetic human being, 40-30-30, 40% carbs, 30% vegetables, 30% proteins. says with you, zero, 50-50, you know? So she's, uh, so over the last week we have, you know, me, I'm showing solidarity, at least while I'm at home. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, not eating carbs, so we've been finding some fascinating new uh, items to eat. Um, we just try to... Oatmeal analog made from nuts and bananas. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, there's, there's actually ways around it, and there are ways that aren't just tasteless. Oh, crap, we, we found that food. out. Unless you're prepackaged, mm. I must. This is what I eat. Ways comes a little like that. You can you can do it, but if you're not, if you're you know, because they're like, oh, well, this is I like these. These are tasty. She gets so hung up on what she can't have that all she wants to do is try to recreate it and like do these end runs around, and it's like. It's, it's ridiculous. We just did a great thing. We learned how to poach eggs. Now check this out. So you poach the egg. You take the poached egg out of the, the, the pot in, the, in, in a slotted spoon. Yeah. So it drains off. You put some almond flour on it. Hmm. little beaten egg to, to make the fl- almond flour stick. And then you flip it over and fry it in a little bit of oil um, flour side down. It creates a sort of crust. And if you add, like, some salt and some herbs to the almond flour, it makes, like, this sort of very, like, savory. So you get a little bit of crunch, but the middle of the egg is still runny. And it's, like, awesome. We just learned how to do that Saturday morning, and we're awesome. Yeah, so. well, we have the, we're trying these for the morning's leaves before <laughs> yep. we go to work, because they're quick and easy. And we got the we one from my too. grandmother for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the new Ninja one, and it's the one that has the, uh, besides the regular stuff, that has the, it comes, like, these two cups and one little personal, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blend thing. So you just put whatever you want in the cup, blend it. Take that off, put this lid on, and boom, you have your own to-go. You don't have to pour it out and use the we, big We one. have one of those, and, and, and I'm not a big digs, digs on the breakfast shakes. So. And actually, she got found something, someone at work brought in. Mm-hmm. I think I remember the other week where, like, where they were ordering Chinese, and like there was a girl who actually was like you know Mandarin or whatever, and mm-hmm. like was ordering. Mm-hmm. Well, she was bringing something in that they had for breakfast. It was like something you stick in a crock pot. I, gotta, I forget what it was. I think it must be from her because she wanted to try it because she actually tasted it. Mm-hmm. It's like red beans black and white rice and like something else like and it just sits in the pot for like 12 hours so oh, that we cool. can eat it. it's almost like a version i guess of an oatmeal kind of cool and i was like well that uh, yeah i'll try it plus you know at least you know gives us something else besides you know smooth cold smoothie when you know for winter but this at least is good for us because you know we're like okay three minutes throw you know throw stuff in the blender blend up and then run off in the car to go to work because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, she's no, worse than me awesome. not having breakfast and, yeah you don't leave if you don't leave yourself enough time like i got up super early this morning 
to make uh, omelets and 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 bacon and uh, yeah, that, that's going to come back to bite me around about six seven o'clock tonight. I'm just going to crash. But fortunately, the only thing I'll be doing at that point will be podcasting with Dion. So, so he could just say Dion talk for a minute. Yeah, talk for a minute. I'm napping. So, oh, but before we start, then we'll get to that real quick. Yep. Because I forgot to send this to you. This is that Marvel seventy five greatest Marvels podcast. Oh, thing. sweet. Yeah. Actually, he released the uh, promo for it. Okay, cool. I okay. still need you to send me that. I am desperate for uh, promos. For okay. trailers, so if you know of sources I'll send for trailers, like just any links that you know of where I can find trailers, because I need, I'm I'm rerunning, I'm rerunning. I reran uh, episode eight. I reran second time in Wahoo. Your uh, uh, resurrections yeah. got a got I'll a nod. That. So. I'll send that. But yeah, he, this is so he going through the whole list, going reverse order basically, mm-hmm. all the ones. Oh, cool. So we got next wave. John already did uh, Death of Spider-Man. Sweet. John Wilson. Stephen Lacey's doing Next Wave. Oh, I have to hear that. Yeah. Because I am a fan. Andrew Leyland is doing FF262. Uh, um, is that the... Other person from Fantastic Cast. Right, right. No, I know. Uh, two, Fantastic Four 262. I, I think that's the sequel where it's two issues at the month. Like, Torch Neil. He's like, the kid got burned or something. That might be. That might be. So we got someone doing Marathon. There it is. I don't know who that is. That's, his, that's the only one he doesn't have anyone spec for specifically. But I think either she that's, might. Uh, isn't Marvel? Okay, Marvel That's the champion. Well, he fights okay. the champion. But that's his girlfriend. So she mm-hmm. might do it with him. Or he said he might have a friend who might do it with you know, okay. him. So like, all right. And you are doing New Mutants by Chris Claremont. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Well, I, oh, I have a few because John's oh, doing nice. Marvel Comics one. Um, I'm doing you... Kang Dynasty. Oh, nice. Okay. Alpha Flight twelve. We got World War Hulk. I look forward to hearing that. Hearing your New Mutants because back in the day, New Mutants by Claremont was that's my one of my favorite, my yeah. favorite thing ever. Uh, John's doing oh First Vision. When he left, I was and John's doing Giant Size X Men. Oh, the, wow! And Astonishing X Men. Mm-hmm. Well, the the, the we uh, what's his name? The Weed and Run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing Fifty. He's doing. Oh yeah. Steve oh, Lace. I just I just got that too. Stephen Lacey's on Ultimates One and Planet Hulk. Andrew Leyland's on FF Two Eighty Five. Uh huh. Not sure which one that is. Nice. John's on Thunderbolts One. Mm-hmm. Which oh, no no that's Kree Scroll War. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, the Kree Scroll War. That's only number thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, I'm on because no one else picked this. I'm like, I'll uh-huh. do this one with you. Hulk 181. Ah, first Wolverine. So first Wolverine. John's doing Maximum Carnage and House mm-hmm. of M. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Death of Captain Marvel. Ah, okay. and then because he said, well, why not? So I'm doing the Starlin Warlock. Okay, fair enough. So I'll do that all in one episode. Then. All in one episode. That'll be a good prep. <laughs> then he's John's back. That's doing, a year away though. Then John's back doing FF. Yeah, Galactus trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think I might have one more. John's Secret Invasion. Daredevil 181. Stephen Lee sees Annihilation. John wow. Hulk is Hulk 1. Fantastic 401. Captain America. Do I have any more? I thought I did. Days of Future. Oh, he's got John doing a lot of them. Yeah, John doing I, Yeah, actually, they have like a. I don't have the numbers, but I'm like, I'm like five. I have like five or six, like some of them more. I'm like in the high. Cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at the list when I found Because the list came out when I was on the. Like the, right after the wedding. So like, I missed some of them. I was like, ooh, ooh. Give me. I'm like, New Mutants, give me now. Yeah. I'm like. Okay, Busiak. Okay, No Avengers Forever. Okay, Busiak. You know the Busiak Perez. You know something. Fine, I'll do that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what's left? I'm like, all right, no one's doing Hulk. I'll do that one. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, the first Wolverine. I'll do it. Ultron. We would have words with you. Although I, I find it funny when they do these lists. They did it before. They did like the hundred greatest Marvels, and they reprinted them all the little pack. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And like most of them are like, yeah, they're historical issues, but are they really that great? Like no, is well, Marvel's number one Marvel number not Marvel sorry Marvel mm-hmm. number one like that was on that list and it might be in this right. one I don't know it's like 
is it really that great? A well, cap? like, is it really that great a story? Like, is it really that great? Is it just something that you're going to read and people are like, wow, that was really amazing? No. I mean, historical no. value. Right. Yes. But like, for instance, you know, like Detective Comics 27, historical value, first yes. Batman or 38, first Robin. But I'm sure there are dozens of better Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about because they're old. Right. No, 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 there no. There are funny no, ones that are at that time that are better than those. I, so some of these, I'm like, there's got to be better Wolverine stories than Hulk 1 or, and or Hulk stories. Oh, God, Than Hulk yes. 1 or Hulk 181. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, 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 the Frank, uh, uh, Claremont Frank Miller miniseries. Well, at least that's, one, it, that's in there at least. Okay, that's good. But that's like for good. Hulk, there's like, I mean, plenty of Peter David stuff. I think Future oh, God, Perfect Peter was in David, there. Yeah. But there's other ones that are in there too that were so much better. There were Hulk ones from before that. You know, uh-huh. Death of Jarella. Right, exactly. The whole, the whole uh, uh, Jarella. Like the, any of those the things. Whole, I, I thought, but, part of the Adam storyline as, 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 they, as they call it. Absolutely. I mean, at least there's a lot of stuff that I agree with. Like, you know, that... I mean, I'm not agree with like I think the stories, but it's just like oh, I don't know if that story really was worth it. Mm, I know. You know, like I can see the historical value, but I think people were. I wonder if people were getting like they just get that mixed up mm. because I don't know. Well, if yeah, the no first historical is- significance is, I guess, a big deal. But I'll tell you, I mean, my my dirty little secret is I have yet to encounter a single golden age comic that I genuinely enjoy. Just the style of storytelling doesn't really connect with me. At all, it's um, see that's why I liked yeah. uh, when John was doing his uh, Golden Age Superman podcast because mm-hmm. a just his commentary, but also he had the Superman death count. Ah, uh, yes, because Superman killed a lot. Yeah, and he also had information. Apparently, he found that in one of the episodes, and he the way he did the review, he did it as if the, the original planning, and they said mm-hmm. no, that didn't happen. Where Superman revealed himself to Lois Lane. Uh huh. And that was the only way they got out. You know, without some contrived way of knocking her out so he can yeah. turn Superman. And then also, they were going forward with her as his partner, but she was pissed at him for lying. Yeah. And that's oh, what the they Lois wanted. Lane problem. Did you see that? And that's what great... they wanted to do, uh-huh. but they weren't allowed to do it. There was, there was, a, there was a great, <laughs> right, there was a great uh, uh, piece on um, uh, uh, comic book resources. It was one somewhere in the uh, Comics Should Be Good blog. I um, like that one. That's that what, was, I like that. I haven't actually read that in a while, but I like that. Um, yeah, there was, um, I forget who it was. It might have been Brett White's column. But anyway, the point is, is that... Uh, um, he did a great thing about how the only Superman property to ever successfully solve the Lois problem was Lois and Clark. And he said, you know, you can look at all sorts of other problems that that show had, but for the, it was the only Superman product, printed or filmed, that ever actually successfully solved the Lois problem, which is just what you just said, which is that Superman's supposed to be in love with her, even though she treats Clark Kent like crap. And, you know, Lois, uh, you know, or, or, you know, Clark is supposed to, you know, still be in love with her, even though, you know, she's only interested in Superman. And meanwhile, you know, Lo- he's lying. He's supposed to be so in love with her, and he's lying to her constantly, you yeah. know? Well, and Lois, 90% of the time, I hate her. Right. She is such a bitch, usually. That's her uh-huh. default setting. Yeah, agreed. Because in the 40s, and when she was created, that's, I guess, the only way they knew how to do, you know, tough gal was... Yeah. Bitch, it was like a sort of immature understanding of uh, Rosalind Russell and His Girl Friday. I think that's what they yeah. were going for. Yeah, which, and it, like, but such they didn't. A good movie. They right, such a good movie, but they didn't really get. Like they weren't like Siegel and Schuster, I guess, weren't mature enough to yeah. get 
like well, how they're pretty young, that worked so. right exactly so what they came up with was Lois and even <laughs> nowadays half the time she's still written as uber bitch. oh I know the only the only Lois I ever actually uh, liked in the comics and I'm going to be getting into this quite a lot was um, John Burns Lois mm. you know yeah, see, I didn't really talk so much of the burn stuff so, of uh, Superman. I came on, started reading it afterwards, so I missed all that. Most of my most of my Superman hookup is Jay, you know, Jason. Um, uh, so he he you know he hooked me up with a lot of it. Burn is his is his Superman. You know, it's like he was already reading Superman, but Burn got it exactly right. And everything that has come now before or since is 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 judged by the Burn Superman standard. So, um, but he and I are actually just about to uh, start a uh, his podcast. Like he hasn't done one in the uh, in the Podwitz Network yet. Yes. So his is going to be a Superman one. It's going to alternate um, every other every uh, uh, odd numbered episode is going to be him and Dion talking about the uh, well, at least at the beginning, the uh, the old um, Fleischman cartoons, and Ooh. then they might move on to the radio serials or whatever. And then the car- even I have numbered- the box of the cartoons. I love those things. And then the even numbered episodes are going to be him and me. Uh, doing a, a comic podcast like we do. Um, we're going to work our way through the um, uh, Comics Should Be Good uh, 75th Anniversary of Superman's Countdown, the 75 Greatest. Only we're going to do them in chronological order, so those are our 75 titles, but we're not going to do them in their order. You're going to do them in the order they came they out. Got, they, they came out. So if there's anything from 39, you're going to do that first, well before 86. I think, I think the first two that we're doing, actually what we're doing, the first two, we're adding a little bit for the first one, because we're going to cover all the, art, all the pre-crisis origins. Because one, like, like the, the revamping of the origin that they published in, like... I guess it was 49 or whatever. That's when the whole Krypton thing came out. Right, exactly. It was really... Because beforehand it was just kind of like, yeah, he's from Krypton. But we're also going to throw in there how they... How they uh, how it was expanded from what showed up in Superman 1 and Action 1. Yeah. Um, so, But that's going to be the first one. And then the second one, we're actually going to start going in chronological order because the second one is the introduction of Mr. Mixiplick from 1944. Ooh. So and we're just going to work our way uh, work our way forwards to I believe the most recent thing is um, oh god something from the new fifty two but I don't know what might but. be uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one Morrison's yeah it might be might be Grant Morrison anyway I've got the whole list some printed out somewhere Ooh, action seven seven five is a good one I can get to that one. I'm pretty sure that's on I'm almost certain is that's that, on uh, what's so funny, funny about, about truth? truth yeah that's on when there fight, we basically fight the, the authority, authority I know and I've read it and I actually still came down on the side of the authority which is just well because I thought Kelly Kelly's a good writer don't get me wrong but the thing about uh, Joe Kelly is in that particular issue that was a complete straw man argument because the elite was only the worst aspects of the authority they were not a really valid standard well, they for were, the authority as I'm concerned the post Ellis authority. No, right. They're the Miller authority, and hence, and I can see, and this is all stuff I can get into. Like I said, Miller and Kirkman are the two acclaimed um, authors that I just cannot stand. I, <laughs> a lot of times I agree with Miller because his stuff always seems so very. It's nihilistic. Harsh and mean. Yeah, mean. It's mean. I tried to read Kick Ass, I didn't like it. I will say this Starlight that he just did. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, old Flash Gordon. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love it. It's and a, it's not harsh and okay. mean. I mean, yeah, there's stuff he gets to kill. He's like killing, trying to kill Ming the Merciless, or, you know, that version right, or whatever, right. and the aliens and all that. But it's all, you know, this old guy 
getting to be the hero that he was, and the fact that his family never believed him when he came back to Earth, that they never I believed like this that. happened. I like that. But it's I'll still, check and that they out. saw like the nice thing about like he misses his kids, but the kids they like are distant from him, and mm-hmm. he's like has this thing like you know like little rituals because his wife's passed away now, mm-hmm. like all these like things. And it's like I'm reading it. I remember reading the first one and skimming through, going, "This is Miller." Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Like yeah. this is that's that's what I'm saying. It's like I still haven't forgiven him for ultimatum. So and that was him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lost getting eaten. Ugh. Like none of that was necessary. Anyway. Yeah. Let's we, this we, up yeah, we got we got we before got, we're on part seven of twelve. 45, we got forty five minutes to to bash our way through the remainder of the Thanos OGN. Yeah. So the well, Thanos Imperative, I believe, is yeah, it's, and, called, and it's been have... so long since I looked at at the cover of this uh, graphic novel. I've forgotten what it's called. <laughs> so you will have to remind me and the listeners, Al. Yes. Well, give me a second. I'm going to do the introduction. I'm just okay. trying to remember when this is. This is this month. Okay. Okay. So it's still Adam Warlock podcast. <laughs> if we have time, maybe we'll talk about that real quick with okay. you. If not, I'll do it afterwards. That's but, fine. Because think... the promo, I'm going to be doing the release. Should be releasing the promo between the next episode. I'm oh, good. I'll right have now, something new to run. And this one will be also gonna, from you talking about this. So by now, the promo will have been out already. So I can say this is going to be happening next episode. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So. <clears throat> and now you recap me, and then you can replace your recap of me with. Just remind me, like where we stopped. I think I vaguely remember. We like, mostly stopped off. Uh, Warlock had. Uh, because yeah, they they each crazy one, warlock. Yeah, our warlock became the soul of our reality, the six one six reality, uh-huh. whatever reality the other one was, was Thanos. Right. And then we're seeing Thanos in the uh, warlock reality, watching all the people climb up and jump off the uh, tower because that's all he knows from is. And then he finds Eternity the bum. Okay. And that's when Eternity tells him like that, like every because you were asking if it was how many worlds this was, and he says uh-huh. every world is like this basically. Right. 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 Yes. You know, but he says, but you know. Um, you stand like you stand like out, uh, like warlock. You always stood outside the current of reality's flow, and this reality is yet to fully solidify. So you can mm-hmm. actually change it. Mm-hmm. And then he points Thanos in the direction of where to go, and, that and that's where we left off. So literally, that that was like where we. Finished. Okay, cool. So 